Hello and welcome to Rearview, the show where we get to chat to the fascinating people from the motoring universe, learning how they got to where they are today. I'm Andrew, and on this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Roy Lanchester, who is a motoring journalist for many publications. Welcome to Rearview, Roy. I'd like to start off by asking, how do you stay at the top of your game after all these years? Hello, Ian. Um, well, uh, that's a very good question, because... Uh, Obviously, as you are probably aware, motoring journalism might look easy from a distance, but when you get close up, it's actually extremely um, uh, complex. And uh, <coughs> so, uh, how how do you stay at uh, the top of your game? Well, I would say the first thing is that you have to uh, obviously, in this day and age, uh, maintain a broad uh, a broad spread of outlets. Um, uh, so, uh, for example, I still write for the Harrogate Herald as a, a local newspaper, very esteemed and excellent, and I'm very proud to feature in its pages, uh, both uh, motoring and uh, news occasionally. And uh, also uh, I keep up uh, some other outlets, uh, such as uh, What Kitchen magazine, who uh, I'm pleased to say still run a motoring page. I don't know why. It's completely uh, uh, completely irrelevant. But uh, but I enjoy uh, writing for those, for those glossy uh, magazines, as we call them, uh, um, uh, because of the, the, the quality of the paper, obviously, for those who don't know. Uh, they, they tend to be printed on, uh, on glossy paper, which makes them uh, uh, look more expensive, obviously, but also uh, 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 rather useless if you need to uh, get some emergency uh, bog roll. But uh, I write for a number of those uh, a number of those those uh, magazines, uh, Casual Jacket. That's another one, and uh, they're 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 good. Um, of course, you have to learn as a, a journalist to um, vary your style and your tone for these different outlets. But I think uh, maintaining a spread of uh, of work is is certainly uh, important to uh, to maintaining a uh, a living in this uh, industry. And it is an industry. I mean. Not, not in the literal sense, but uh, but it is still an industry. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to explore uh, more of that later on. Um, but first of all, I'd like to go where I normally do, which is back in the mists of time and find out uh, when you first got interested in cars. And do you, do you remember when or were you told that you were interested in cars as a, as a little one? Well, uh, again, a, a very serviceable question, Ian. Well done. Um, so I, well, I, I have been interested in cars for a very, very long time. I'm probably a little older than you. Um, and I remember uh, as, as uh, well, let's go right back to the beginning. I was born, obviously, um, I, it's worth saying, uh, to my mother and father. And uh, I would say that my father, um, uh, he had his finger in uh, many pies and, uh, as it turns out, uh, many wives, but um, he was not interested in cars. So, uh, or indeed machinery generally, because I would say that my first love was uh, was aeroplanes. Actually, was uh, was uh, the, the magnificent uh, jet-powered machines of uh, what we've now come to know as the Cold War, uh, back when that was uh, still uh, popular. And uh, I uh, I used to be mesmerised by uh, 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 such machines as, of course, the Avro Vulcan and um, the English Electric Lightning, later BAC. Uh, as I'm sure you know, and 
I, I used to uh, I used to collect models of these uh, machines, and I used to uh, read uh, books and magazines about them uh, all the time. And uh, and it was that uh, that was my, my my first love. But uh, cars were uh, perhaps alongside that as uh, another interest. Uh, when I had stopped looking at the skies, I would uh, look quite literally at the roads. And uh, this was the 1960s, Ian. So it was a time when there were a lot of very exciting cars around, and one of them, of course, was the uh, e-type jaguar and it was a friend of my father's actually a man called len tuttle who uh, who was uh, probably quite instrumental in my interest in uh, in motor cars because he had an e-type jaguar and he would um he would come round to our house to visit my father and uh, he would uh, he would he would often uh, also give me a shilling uh, which in those days was money, and that was uh, always uh, always a, a delight to me. Uh, and I suppose, in a way, you know, it's, uh, I could see uh, looking at a shiny, exciting car and then uh, being given some money. It very much, I suppose, prepared me for being a motoring journalist. Well, yeah, I mean, that is the perception, isn't it? That uh, you know, the the going to motoring journalism and the money will flow uh, over you. But uh, it's not always that way, though, is it? It's not, no. I mean, many things have flowed over me over the years, but I have to say that money is not uh, not one of them, not in any literal sense anyway. Um, but uh, yes, I suppose it goes back to what I said just uh, a few minutes ago, which is that um, maintaining a spread of outlets and uh, writing for as many people as possible is, is one way to, uh, to maintain uh, a living and uh, to keep yourself in uh, the items that... Uh, you uh, can't just get uh, for free. So when you're in school, were you um, always interested in writing or is that something that developed later on? I uh, I wouldn't say that I was uh, interested in writing uh, when I was at school because um, that would have, um, you know, that would have been work and I was... I was, I would suppose, not an academic uh, child as such because... Uh, well, some of us develop at different speeds, don't we? I mean, I, I didn't really have a great school time myself. No, you see, look at you. I mean, you, you don't sound thick. So uh, I would say that probably, you know, you, you, you're all right. And I, I'd put myself in the same category that there is, uh, you know, there's, there's school learning and there's learning in the uh, school of life, as it were. And uh, that's very much... Uh, what I did. Uh, um, so no, at school, writing was not something that uh, captured my imagination because I, I was, um, you know, I was I was reading uh, the, the books and the, the magazines about the aeroplanes that I mentioned, and also about cars. And um, uh, you know, the magazines were were, were captivating. I think uh, younger uh, listeners may not realise that back then there were there was auto car. Uh, and it was quite good back then. But there was also Motor Magazine, which was a rival weekly publication. And between the two of them, you know, a, a youthful child could uh, could get a, a steady weekly supply of, uh, of information about motor cars, which was all quite fascinating. Because, of course, there was no internet back then, which I know young people might find quite surprising. So when we used to log on, as it were, it was to a magazine. And they'd probably be horrified to realise that there wasn't always just an electronic device connected to somewhere across the world. Well, what you have to understand is that, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I don't want to speak out of turn, but young people are idiots. There is certainly a um, school of thought along those lines. Um, Not all of them, of uh, course, you know, but but most of them, I think, probably now, these days, have become uh, 
you know, have become quite uh, uh, stupid, I suppose is the word. Um, but just my view, you know, but, I, you know, I, I, I would maintain it's the correct one. So you've got this interest in planes more, or that was the first over the cars. Did you not try and um, do something with this interest in planes? Did you not try and follow a career, something connected with, I don't know, an airline pilot or stewardess, something like that? Uh, well, uh, airline pilots are not, uh, I think, uh, one of my favourite professions. I find them rather pompous and uh, overrated as I think we're all aware, a modern airliner does it all for them, and yet they're they're strutting around with their stripes on their shoulders and their little hats, and their you know their 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 buzz phrases, if you were, oh clearance for landing, please, Oscar Delta Tango incoming, get off my aeroplane, you're drunk, and I just think they're all rather rather overpaid stuffed shirts, but um. I did actually harbour a uh, an ambition to be in the Royal Air Force uh, when I was younger. Oh, right, and, yeah. uh, in fact, to that end, after leaving school at uh, the age of 16 with um, <clears throat> some O-level results that were probably uh, best described as really not very good, I, uh, I attended an RAF recruitment office in uh, Leeds. And uh, it, it turns out that at that point, the RAF was probably starting to come under the grip of political correctness and all of that nonsense that's really sort of made the modern world terrible, in my view. And so they had some petty and rather mealy-mouthed requirements about educational standards, which uh, I did not meet. And I had a robust discussion uh, with the recruitment officer. And uh, at the end of which um, uh, he had one view, uh, I had a, a, another view. Um, but unfortunately, uh, since he worked for the RAF, his view was uh, perhaps outranked mine uh, with regards to my prospects of piloting a, a, a BAC Lightning at maximum thrust on a full ascent to intercept a Russian bomber. And that was not something that, uh, that I was actually able to do, which I found absolutely absurd, and I still do, to be perfectly honest, you know, to suggest that you needed to know about English literature or maths or physics to be able to fly a high-speed intercepted jet. It's just nonsense, but I think that speaks a lot of the uh, PC idiots that have uh, come to uh, rule the roost as it were oh that is a shame but i mean uh, the raf's loss is uh, our as uh, consumers of motoring writings gain i think there so um was it straight away after that that you decided to go uh, into uh, to follow the second passion which was cars or was there uh my next decision was one to follow something i had no interest in whatsoever which was metalwork uh, I enrolled in uh, in a, uh, a sixth form college, as they're sometimes called, um, at, uh, mostly at the behest of my mother, who um, by now was a single parent, uh, uh, as, as modern the modern world would have it. My father having departed for various reasons, um, and uh, some of them related to having another wife, and uh, so my mother was. Uh, was hitting the gin pretty hard, I think, at this point. And so, but between um, bouts of crying, she suggested that I really should stay in education for another couple of years at least. And uh, it was something that I um, reluctantly agreed to for a, for a while. But then 
I had a stroke of luck, actually, uh, because first of all, um, I called the admissions tutor at the sixth form college a specky tit and uh, sort of put paid to my uh, attendance there. But then my father had come back into my life for various other reasons, uh, some of them relating to his second and third wives and uh, the pair of them discovering the existence of each other. Uh, So uh, I was in contact with him uh, on a weekly basis and uh, he worked in the print industry. So he was able to call in a favour at a local newspaper called the uh, Harrogate Post and I was uh, given an interview with a gentleman there called Cyril Crest, and he was my first editor. I was given, uh, I was given, well, not a given, I want to say, you know, I, I interviewed correctly for a job, and um, thankfully Cyril couldn't be bothered to uh, interview anyone else and gave me this position as uh, a general sort of dog's body at first at, at the post, and that is how I started in, uh, in journalism. Uh, and I said the rest is, uh, is, is history, Oh, well, excellent! I mean, that must have been really exciting. I mean, it's a history you're, you're, I can tell you about. So, just in case you're wondering, I'm not. I'm not going to just make you uh, make you guess it. Um, history, that's not history. I mean, obviously, uh, that was something that my actual history master said to me when I was at school. Um, and apparently, you're not allowed to just guess what happened in history. Again, it's PC gone mad, as far as I'm concerned. But you're right at the coalface, uh, not literally, obviously. Um, so that must have been really exciting time. Um, to to go in and see how uh, the news comes to the rest of us. So, um, was uh, was this first editor uh, helpful in um, bringing you into this world and then showing you the opportunities that there were there? He um, he was very much uh, very very supportive in uh, in a lot of ways um, um, because. Uh, Perhaps he saw a little of himself in me. Um, I, I, I mean, uh, he was quite a short man and uh, bald, uh, uh, but uh, I, I think uh, we both uh, enjoyed going to the pub across the road from the office. Uh, he was a keen smoker as well, and uh, as was I. So it's, uh, I suppose we had some, uh, you know, common hobbies, if you like. But uh, he was he was tremendously uh, supportive of uh, of my decision to keep coming into work. And then one day, he said to me that uh, he'd actually uh, got a fund put aside for training up new journalists, which he'd never used, and uh, the uh, the bosses at the newspaper were uh, were keen for him to uh, to remedy that and uh, once again i think it's to his credit that he couldn't be bothered to try and find uh, new recruits to uh, use this fund with so instead he uh, he said that i could uh, could train up to be a uh, proper journalist and uh, that was obviously a turning point because up until then i'd really just been uh, fetching and carrying if you like going out to get him a pint from the pub across the road at lunchtime if he couldn't uh, spare the time to go and sit in and uh, and such like uh, helping the, the news reporters uh, to, to to do their uh, their daily jobs but then uh, i was sent on a block release course to a local college uh, for a total uh, a total course in uh, in uh, shorthand and uh, news gathering uh, and so on. But I'd say I learned more actually being in the actual newsroom. Uh, it was uh, it was a very immersive experience and uh, quite literally actually because one of the reporters threw me in a river at one point. But um, it was also fascinating 
and I think I learned I learned an awful lot there about the very basics of news gathering, and those are things that I've uh, I've never forgotten for the most part. Uh, I think it's a shame that uh, young so-called journalists of today have never had that sort of background in in in, in such basic things as. Uh, you know, getting people's names right and uh, remembering to uh, to ask their full job title, uh, or uh, perhaps you know trying to get numbers right as well. That's something that um, I've always tried to do where possible in my uh, in my career. And you only learn that after you've been shouted at a few times by someone such as Cyril Crest, who uh, you know he was a he was a newsman through and through and had a wonderful a wonderful way with words uh, you know your daft bugger he would shout um and of course you have to understand he had a very thick yorkshire brogue uh which he kept on his desk and he would throw at people if they irritated him and uh, and that really sort of sharpens the mind uh and uh, and and bruises the forehead yeah i i can imagine uh, you know the, the number of people you must meet as well is must be tricky to keep uh keep people's names in mind and, and keep getting them right and that sort of thing. Um, so did you start uh, writing about cars at this paper or was that somewhere else? No, my time at the Post, I was uh, I, I was taken on when I qualified as a junior news reporter, then up to news reporter, then back down to junior news reporter for some minor transgressions and uh, uh, attracting the ire of a couple of high-ranking police officers, uh, then back up to news reporter and then... Uh, I moved on uh, to my next job, which was uh, in Leeds and uh, was uh, at a new regional paper called Your Yorkshire, which was um, uh, a startup, as they would call it these days. But uh, but when I say startup, I don't mean a bunch of American idiots taking everybody's cash in California. I mean, as in it was new and we were starting it up from scratch. Um, so we uh, we did that in the uh, the. Uh, the, the very the very tail end of the 70s uh, this was and uh, and this was meant to be a new and fresh newspaper for the 1980s it's no longer going of course but uh, i started there as a news reporter i was the north north, north yorkshire um, news reporter in fact uh, but it's a bit of an area to cover by surface area, yes, mathematically it is extremely large, but uh, but mercifully, uh, relatively few people uh, within it, and and within those people, relatively few of them are murdering each other or uh, or doing other things such as robbing and uh, assault. Uh, I could go on, but you, you get the picture. It's generally a mm-hmm. fairly low crime area, and of course uh, that helps enormously if you're trying to do the news or uh, what have you and uh, so I suggested to them several times that uh, there should be a motoring column in the paper and they uh, initially resisted but the advertising department rather liked this idea because uh, of course uh, car advertising can be the bedrock of any decent publication and a few absolutely terrible ones so they suggested I think to the editor that uh, that the car column idea was actually quite a good one, and I was happy to go along with it and to suggest myself 
as the person who would write it. And that's, um, that's actually what happened in the end. So I became a, a motoring journalist uh, a sort of in parallel to being the, uh, the North uh, Yorkshire news correspondent. And gradually the car side took over because, frankly, I was more interested in it. And yeah, at the time, some people said that I allowed the, the news gathering side to slide and that our coverage of the infamous Boroughbridge murders was actually woeful. Well, you know, I think in hindsight, that's... Uh, that's just opinion. Uh, I, I suspect that more people remembered my review of the Renafuego more than a uh, few minor details about uh, local police uh, corruption. Well, yeah, quite, absolutely. I mean, there's so much of the corruption these days, but how many Fuegos come along? So um, so was that, was that your first car to review? Actually, uh, the first car that I properly test drove and then review was the Austin Mini Metro. Uh, which uh, I attended the launch of in uh, September 1980. And, uh, uh, of course, the Metro was a very important car uh, for British Leyland, as they were then, and uh, they put on quite a spread at the launch. Uh, and uh, I, I, was just, I was in London, in fact, as well, which was quite a novelty uh, for me, as uh, I had never been there before. Um, and uh, I found it all quite enlightening. Um, I, I had to check several times that, uh, that uh, I was not going to be billed for any of the uh, facilities on offer. And I was delighted to find that the answer was no. They were all, uh, they were all laid on and, and, and laid on beautifully by uh, what was then known as BL. And uh, that was my first uh, first report, or first road test of uh, of the Mini Metro, um, and uh, it, it gave me a taste of uh, of uh, many things. Uh, red wine being one of them, which I'd never really enjoyed before, but I discovered that I actually quite liked, and also a taste of of, of uh, the launch uh, experience. And uh, after that, the uh, the experience of being rung up by the PR and. Uh, called various things for breaking the embargo something i hadn't uh, hadn't thought of so uh, that was my first car and in fact um uh, if i can mention my book which is the only reason i'm here it's uh, it's on the cover the metro is on the cover of my book albeit a toy metro which is the pub. i was going to say that's not how you parked it was it uh on this occasion no um mm. that happened later in about 82 i think but uh the the uh, metro on the cover is is, is uh, as I hope your listeners will understand when they go and buy my book, How to Be a Motoring Journalist, uh, the metro is upside down, uh, which the publishers, I think, thought was amusing. And it's a toy metro. But it is actually uh, quite a significant car for me because it was the first first car that I road tested in my new role uh, as your Yorkshire's uh, motoring correspondent. And um, what did you think of it when you, t- when you test drove it? Oh, it was an excellent car with a class-leading interior room, I remember, and an innovative uh, 60-40 split rear seat. I, I know many people that say very fond things about metros. Um, I've never had the, uh, the the good luck to to sit in one or drive one, so uh, I just have to I have to rely on people like yourself to paint the pictures for me. Well, I, yes, and of course you have to remember that uh, back in 1980, um, I, and, and probably quite rightly in my view, buying a foreign car was uh, was seen as an act of uh, treason. And as such, the uh, the Metro really uh, brought the fight to, um, you know, the frogs and, and also various other foreigners. So uh, it, was a, it was a significant model in a number of ways. 
Yeah, no, it was. It was. It was. It was uh, very important for the British motoring industry. So, um, how long were you at uh, your Yorkshire? <laughs> ah, I was. Uh, I was there. Uh, well, let me think now. So, I, it, it was a few years because uh, the reason I left um, before I was pushed was because I got a job on a national newspaper. Um, uh, that being the examiner uh, in uh, in Fleet Street, as it was then, um, it's not there. That must have been quite exciting. It really was. It was a very exciting time for newspapers. A very exciting time for the country as well, because uh, again, uh, younger uh, listeners may not realise that um, this was uh, this was 1982, and uh, of course, uh, many exciting things were happening. Not least, war with Argentina. And from my point of view, as an enthusiast of Great British uh, aviation achievements, uh, of course, the Avro Vulcan was uh, in its in its uh, dotage, if you like, able to uh, roar one last glorious time and give the Argies a bloody nose. And it's something that uh, I will never forget. It made me extremely proud. And I've never eaten corned beef uh, to this day, um, although I will have an Argentinian Malbec occasionally because, uh, in fairness, they're excellent. But uh, that was uh, that was a period um, uh, when it was because of uh, because of the war, because of the uh, uh, the uh, the excellent administration of Miss Thatcher, who had brought uh, stability to the country after the loony lefties had sort of ruined everything in the seventies, in my view. Um, it was an exciting time to be at the uh, at the if you like sharp end of uh, of news gathering, and that's what the Examiner was, I think. Uh, history has shown they were always on the right side of history itself apart from um the support for um adolf hitler that was that was something that they they probably regret but uh, but otherwise as a newspaper they they uh, they were a sort of bastion of, uh, of truth and integrity uh, and uh, and they supported uh, mrs thatcher and they supported me i.e they gave me a job I was going to say, you know, talking of uh, bastions of truth, and you would have fitted right in. So, um, what's what was your first uh, car to test after you got there? Well, that's a good question. Actually, I, I, I can't remember. I I would say now it might have been the Nissan Stanza, um, but uh, also around that time, I believe I had a BMW 323i booked in. Uh, as a press car, so it might have been that. Uh, of course, writing for a national paper, you're not just road testing, you will also uh, break news, and uh, I was even uh, responsible for some uh, for some industry coverage as well. I interviewed Sir Michael Edwards, for example, the uh, boss of BL around that time. Um, didn't get on with him. Um, he was uh, South African, as it turns out, and uh, I, I've never really enjoyed any of their people uh though again their wines can be quite good but uh so i uh, i did some industry work and some news work around the motor industry and it is an industry um and i found what was quite interesting uh in the broader sense was that once uh, you take a, a step up to the uh nationals to the national newspapers you uh you get a better quality of invitation and uh i used to dine with the managing director of citroen uk for example uh, we had uh, we had a steak. Uh, I noticed, in fact, he had his well done, which I thought was admirable because I'm sure that his uh, colleagues in Paris were probably just uh, eating them raw. Uh, one of those 
strangely disgusting things that the French do. A long list, I might add. But uh, that was the sort of life I was leading as a national newspaper motoring correspondent. Uh, was uh, was uh, whining and dining with the very uh, upper uh, echelons of uh, of motoring society, if you like. Um, and uh, I once met Sterling Moss, actually, um, in a restaurant. Uh, it was... Uh, it was, it was it was it was an honor honor to shake his hand um and uh he uh he, he's, he's a, a great manners as well very very uh lovely man with manners of a certain era i think you know he's got one of those well spoken accents that's not annoying and i think that's uh, that's sort of a very much a generational thing and he was very kind enough not to mention uh the sick that was on my trousers at the time well yeah i mean you you can't uh, you this for some people you can't teach class so, well, um, you can't because I think these days, and it's one of the things that uh, I'm sure we'll get onto this, but it really, uh, it really upsets me and annoys me about the modern motor industry is the number of people who have no manners at all. And oh, Roy, look, you've got some puke on your jackets, and they'll say, and I just find it all really quite unnecessary. And, and when, when you think back to someone like Sir Moss and, and how refined and uh, and well mannered he is, and uh, you realise what we've lost in uh, in this headlong race towards. Uh, some kind of lefty paradise of uh, safe spaces and uh, absorbent wipes. Yeah, no, it, it, times have changed, that is for sure. So uh, how long were you uh, at, uh, down in Fleet Street then? Well, uh, I was there probably uh, for, let me think, started around 82, and then I uh, would have uh, chosen to part company with them in 87 late 87 uh, which was uh, a sad time in my life I had met a lady at the uh, at the examiner uh, and that uh, that lady was uh, to become my next ex-wife I was married once in the early 80s and um Mercifully, actually, my move to London was one of the things that got me out of that uh, uh, loveless marriage slash parenthood and uh, allowed me to uh, make a fresh start, which is what I did. And with uh, divorce one, as I uh, as I called it, cleared, um, I uh, I engaged uh, literally, in fact, with uh, with Marie, who uh, became my second wife slash ex-wife and um and uh she was uh she was uh, uh also a colleague at the newspaper and um sadly our marriage was not to last uh due to uh her descent into lesbianism which uh was uh was very sad for me uh um and uh, led i think to uh a uh a, a possible reduction in retrospect in the uh, quality of my work which is uh, is why the, uh, the, uh, the the new editor of the paper Kevin Leather actually uh, asked me to uh, sit it out for a bit and uh, that turned out to be a, a more permanent uh, move on his part and uh, as a consequence of which I no longer had any employment uh, or a wife um 
so uh yes it's uh i look back on my fleet street years though with great fondness wonderful times the 80s generally terrific era for me uh in terms of uh, uh professionalism and uh having a wife and all of that sort of uh stuff and uh sorry i'm, I'm feeling quite emotional it's it's, it's uh, because it's you know i look back with great fondness but also uh, a little sadness um at what happened with uh with Marie and I, and um, uh, yeah, it, it was it was it was a, ha- a happy time for me. Uh, but uh, uh, because of what happened, I mean, to this day, uh, I'm afraid lesbians are by far my least favourite of the gays. Well, I mean, that is a shame that things didn't work out there. So, did you return back up north? Um, I did back to the homeland. I did. It was a it was a very uh, mixed time. I realised that uh, there was nothing left for me in London except a gambling debt that I needed to escape from rather quickly. And uh, so I I called in one last favour with uh, the Ford Motor Company, who had always been very supportive in my career. And uh, I called in a favour, borrowed a transit van, the aero-shaped one, which had just come out quite recently, and uh, mm-hmm. very car-like at the time. Uh, all the controls fell very easily to hand and it had an excellent uh, excellent load capacity uh, tracked very well on the motorway at uh, cruising speeds in relative refinement I remember so uh, I borrowed one of those and loaded up my worldly possessions and headed back to uh, Yorkshire um, my mother had also just developed cancer at that point and her timing was superb because I was thinking of heading back anyway so um so that's what I did, and uh, so I was able to be there when she died. And uh, with that out of the way, I then managed to get my life back on track uh, and uh, moved on to the next phase of my career, uh, which was, uh, was was taking a job with the Harrogate Herald uh, on a freelance basis, but with a retainer, which is a wonderful thing to have. Um, and I... Uh, I, I became their motoring correspondent, which is a job that I've maintained uh, with a couple of gaps uh, to this day. Oh, that's good that um, things sort of got back on track um, once you once you returned back up to Yorkshire. So uh, when did you start to, um, without being too touchy-feely in language here, but uh, diversify your portfolio of publications? Well, I think that happened um, in the 90s. Uh, it was a, a wonderful time for the, the glossy magazine, and uh, and I began to um, pick up a few <coughs> a few more outlets um, because uh, marvelously my uh, my agreement with the Herald was a retainer to provide them with a motoring page, but um, but it didn't uh, it didn't demand exclusivity and. Uh, Allowed me to uh, to uh, to move on uh, or look into other outlets uh, to increase uh, my uh, presence in the motoring world and also the amount of money that I was making. So I uh, I, I encountered a, an old pal from um, Harrogate Post days, um, although he uh, he disagreed with. Uh, with uh, the fact that we were friends, but uh, but uh, he worked for a publishing house um, in York, and 
they uh, they 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 published a, a number of magazines. Uh, Business Hotel being probably their best known. I'm sure you've seen it. Uh, and then a few more specialised ones that were sort of of their time. Uh, Fighting Dog magazine, for example. And uh, and although uh, he was never less than hostile towards me, uh, I managed to uh, pay a visit to their office and somehow inveigle myself into uh, the uh, editorial. Uh, team and provide motoring content to a number of their outlets and uh it's 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 really very nice to see your work uh in a glossy because uh it can look so nice on the page and uh, of course they tend to also in those days at least they used to uh, sometimes uh, spring for uh professionally taken photos which on the one hand makes the page look uh, a little uh, a little more professional on the downside, of course, it requires you then spend some time with a professional photographer, and they're, they're awful people. I don't mind telling you, Ian. I've never very really got on with uh, with uh, with uh, them, and uh, so uh, yes, there was there was uh, of course a source of irritation. Uh, it's something I've detailed in my book. Actually, it's worthy of a whole chapter just to point out what uh, idiots they are. Rather like pilots, uh, as I was saying earlier on. You know, they're people who. Uh, uh, they strut around as if it's all difficult, and you know for a fact they've left it all on auto. So uh, I just, uh, it's uh, it's a source of great joy to me that uh, that it's a profession that's dying out, sometimes literally, in the case of uh, at least one chap I used to work with. And uh, but uh, but but working for glossy magazines, I found to be uh, a useful way to. Um, make more uh, of a living so uh yes i think i started doing that in the early 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 90s and um <coughs> continued um on and off uh, to uh, to this day um uh, it's, it's obviously uh, magazines come and go i mean i don't believe these people who say that the magazine business is uh, is a dead duck because uh, trust me i've seen a dead duck several times most recently uh embedded in the uh frontal air intake of a kia stonic uh and it does not resemble the magazine industry at all which to my mind is um is is in rude health uh, despite the disappearance of uh, some of my outlets uh saddened to discover that loft extension magazine is no more um extreme pigeons is long gone um but uh, but but this is there's still some uh, that are in there um canaling magazine is still around i think uh, I, I don't know they i mean a bit a bit a bit of loggerheads there about whether i am still their motoring correspondent but uh, the editor's an idiot i mean he lives on a canal boat so what do you expect i suppose uh, yes what was the question sorry um, well, what I was going to move on to now, because you, you've sort of raised this by talking about people mentioning the uh, demise of the magazine industry, yeah, is um, with uh, all the um, the rise of the internet and YouTubers and social media and and the magic I word influencers. Oh, what, what are your what are your views on um, on uh, this new new wave of uh, it's not exactly reporting, but on information uh, coming out about cars. Well, I mean, it's all a fad, isn't it? I, 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 the internet in general, of course, is a is a trend, isn't it? And we'll see uh, where that ends up. I, I don't want to. Well, I mean, it's, it's been going 
20, 30 years now. I think it's fairly well ingrained, um, it's, don't you think? Yes, it's true. Um, and uh, I, I, I see your point. But at the same time, you know, I've had diabetes for 20-odd years and uh, there's every chance that might go away. I mean, it probably won't, but that's... Uh, you just um, don't know, do you? I, I think the internet is probably uh, a, a useful uh, tool for uh, looking up stuff, uh, for example. Um, but uh, but I don't think you can beat the printed word on actual uh, paper. And within that, of course, uh, you get these people, uh, vloggers and things that they're called, aren't they? And uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I know they're very popular, but they're all rubbish, and I do not understand uh, uh, this nonsense. If one, one goes on a car launch these days, and uh, half of the people there are teenagers shouting into mobile phones, and uh, I, I, I don't see, uh, I don't see the appeal. Uh, all rushing to be first, all look over the one who's driven this car first, and uh, you know, I've driven the car too, mate, but uh, I'm going to take my time. And have a, a couple of uh, couple of writing liveners at home, and actually craft some words and thoughts and and things. And uh, and these people, they just uh, you know, they just they just. I mean, I was going to say phoning it in, and that's almost literal, isn't it? Because they're all talking into their mobile phones, which is just um, daft. But. Uh, so the idea of perhaps um, I don't know uh, starting a, a, an Instagram account and uh, crafting and gaining uh, a large enough following to the point where you can say charge uh, companies or brands um, thousands of pounds to feature a picture of it on your feed that that's not something that's um, ever appealed to you 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 prefer to to craft the story and and paint pictures in words for people is that is that what you prefer to do oh don't get me wrong i mean if someone's offering to pay me thousands of pounds and give me something uh, eg i don't know some shoes uh i i i'm not ruling that out but i am just saying that i these the, the obsession with uh, what was the one you mentioned insta Instagram or yes. um, Facebook or Friends Reunited or whatever these new trends are. They're, it's just, uh, it, it's, 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 it is, like I said, it's a fad. And uh, I would point out to these people that I've been paid money for years for writing about cars in the, what they would probably regard as the old-fashioned way. And uh, and I've had more than my fair share of, um, of uh, things that I've been given in exchange for no money. So I suppose they think it's all a new idea and it's not because as a motoring journalist, I feel like I was there way ahead of them. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a trend, isn't it? I'm not worried about it. I'm not, I'm not worried that some, some 17 year old who keeps shouting, hello guys into a, into a, a, a smartphone is going to come along and uh, steal steal my motoring page at uh, Glass Fiber magazine because uh, I, I, I don't think that'll happen. They know who to trust uh, at, uh, at that uh, that particular publication being just one of them. And uh, 
I, I think uh, it'll it'll probably die out. Everything settles down in the end, doesn't it? I mean, uh, my diabetes being a great example of that, as we were just uh, we were just talking about it. So um, yes, it's uh, it's it's I'm sure it, it's it's just going to you know blow over if you like, and uh, and we'll all get back to proper old fashioned uh, written word uh, before it's uh, too late. Oh Jesus! Um, just hang on a sec. Talk. I'm doing some uh, circuit radio sitcom on the computer. Okay. How much? Jesus Christ. Okay, bye bye. I'm sorry about that, Ian. Um, I just had to take no that. Problem. Um, do you know anyone who can repair clocks? Uh, I'm afraid not, no. Um, maybe one of the listeners might. They may be able to get in touch with you. Well, I mean, it's just it's, oh, it's outrageous. What? Um, it's, why Mazda can't cover the cost? It was their event. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. What was the question? Well, I, I think I just want to move on a little bit. I mean, well, basically, I think how we're rounding up there is that, as you see it, people remember um, what they're missing from what the these very uh, instant YouTubers and Instagrammers and all the the, the, the internet stuff, and they they will realise that they're missing. Um, the incredibly well-crafted words uh, and physically picking up a magazine, particularly glossies, as you've uh, you've said to us, um, and that's a that's a special event in itself. And to read well-crafted words, that's that's a, a wonderful experience to go through. Um, but but moving on then, so when you review a car, what are you looking for in a car? What are there particular aspects of the car that you always look to, and just to see how they compare to the uh, to the competition or do you just go in with a fresh mind and uh, sort of a blank slate and try to understand the car and all its little foibles if there are any and what's what's joyful about it well the the first thing i would look for is um uh, for it to be delivered to my house because that obviously greatly aids mm-hmm. uh, aids my reviewing uh, process um uh, and, uh, well, it saves time, doesn't it? It does, and time is a very valuable commodity, uh, as we know. So I, that would be number one, and then I would probably uh, uh, conduct a, a visual inspection of the car, by which I mean I would have a look at it uh, from the front, maybe the side, um, walk around the back if there's time, but often of course there isn't, because, uh, as I said, time is a valuable commodity. And then uh, I might go back in the house uh, because I might be in the middle of something. And uh, uh, so I'll probably uh, finish the rest of that. And then, of course, uh, probably be uh, unable, legally speaking, to drive. So uh, we'll just uh, do other things. And then the next day I might go for uh, a drive. And I think uh, all... Motoring journalists probably have certain roads that they uh, know and are familiar with, and they enable you to uh, assess a car for uh, consistent uh, purposes, you know, for ride, handling, uh, airbag deployments, uh, all the the things that may happen on on your test route. Um, You know, does it... uh, 
I can say, for example, the A61 is one of my favourite uh, routes out uh, across North Yorkshire. And uh, uh, can a car handle some of the tricky potholes that have sprung up uh, near Risley? And uh, can it uh, can it slow down adequately before uh, before a roundabout? Uh, uh, does it? Uh, does this allow me to get out again uh, when it's come to rest in a ditch? And these are these are things that I, I you might have to ask of the car and then later of the press office when they come to recover it. So, um, d- but what you're doing by 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 going to such depth is you are testing the full capacity that perhaps others out there testing cars don't do because they don't appreciate the the full range of what somebody may. Uh, end up in, in, in a situation they may end up in that car exactly i'm glad you appreciate this actually i did uh i uh, said earlier that uh, you clearly weren't thick and you're not because that's a very very good point and uh the uh the the uh complaints sometimes that i get from uh, some of the more lily-livered members of the press office contingent uh, are uh are missing that exact point. Oh, there's a load of panel damage, they'll say. Well, yes, because it was a necessary uh, side effect of how thoroughly I was testing the car um, in that particular I, I field. Would, and I mean, literally. I would presume that the older older members of the PR teams will understand that. Though, and... they, they do, yes, or at least... Uh, make a passable job of uh, pretending and uh, and uh, yes they do they do they fully understand they remember the good old days as i do and when when such things were taken for granted and uh, and they will uh, they will you know fully gloss over uh any any things that uh, that may not uh, be uh, uh ideal about the uh, appearance and uh odor of the car when it's returned to them and that's uh, that's 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 the way it should be um you know and you get these younger chaps and uh, god help us uh, lasses sometimes and uh, and of course they'll they'll they just they just don't understand oh the, the, the interior is uh, completely ruined they'll say and you go well of course it is i mean it was a river what do you expect but uh, but but how was I to fully uh, assess, for example, grip levels, without going over the limit and uh, and then a wall? So uh, I I I I don't know why I am not applauded for my thoroughness uh, more often as you've just done in a roundabout sort of way. Well, I know. I mean, I mean that's consumer journalism at its utmost, surely. But, uh, well, I mean, you can't please all the people all the time. No, um, it's getting increasingly hard to please any of the people, um, particularly my neighbours. But that's uh, uh, it's a separate story, but uh, we, won't, uh, we won't get bogged down in that until uh, my solicitor's given me the OK. So, yes, it's, uh, it, it's obviously not always uh, popular, some of my uh, methods, as it were, but they are, I would like to believe, extremely uh, thorough. And I think that should be respected and rewarded <coughs> more than it is. Now, what do you think is the most important tool a journalist has in their in their toolbox? Um, well, the written word, of course, is extremely powerful. I mean, the the uh, the, uh, the expression, isn't it? The 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 pen is uh, mightier than. Um, um, 
the it's because it's uh, it's it's the written word can express so much uh uh and uh, that's i think the most powerful uh, tool that we have is uh is 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 writing about things and expressing them that way you know because we have to remember that we are in the business of informing and entertaining and doing those things requires words it's very hard to do them without and uh, and i i always bear that in mind it's the number one rule inform and entertain uh, so inform make sure you uh, you, you get the uh, the facts as correct as you possibly can um, and of course the advent of the electronic press pack has been a godsend for people in my position uh, for two reasons uh, first of all uh, you can copy and paste a lot of info uh, directly on your computer screen and uh, with any luck you also get a branded usb stick uh, which if necessary you can um, then uh, give to uh, somebody who might uh, be interested in it once you're done with it uh, via the medium of uh, somewhere like ebay for example and uh, i find that very useful as well um, so that's uh, Yes, the informed parts is uh, it's, it's never been easier, so there's no excuse for getting it wrong. Um, although, of course, we all do make mistakes, and it's something I did try and impress on the idiot from uh, a well-known Japanese car company recently, and uh, he wasn't having it. But you know, we are all only human. Um, so uh, I, uh, I, 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 I can't uh, can't say any more than that. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it reflects badly on him, perhaps, that his car doesn't cost £7,000. Um, there was a missing two at the front. Um, and, uh, again, I have, I have made that clear. It was a human error. But, uh, but generally getting your facts straight is uh, something that's important, of course. But then there's the entertainment um, entertainment value as well. You must, uh, you must uh, entertain people. And, of course, people always say that... Um, there's another Yorkshireman, Mr. Jeremy Clarkson, is the uh, is the uh, man who brought entertainment to motoring journalism, and of course it's absolute nonsense because I was doing uh, what uh, what he seems to think he does uh, many years before, and uh, yeah, I believe you liven up copy with uh, with metaphor and simile, and that is how you engage the readers, and uh, I was doing that um, when Mr. Clarkson uh, was uh, was still in short trousers. Well, I was going to ask because don't interrupt, Ian. I was, uh, I was. Uh, he wouldn't have been in short trousers because I have worked this out. I actually worked it out for my book, and uh, I did, yes, I, I doubt he was wearing short trousers because he would have been in his uh, in his late teens, early twenties when I started uh, writing about cars. But uh, but uh, the, the point remains that uh, yes, metaphor, simile, uh, analogy, uh, we we could go on. Um, it's something else that's actually helped rather a lot in the writing uh, business, and it is a business, I'd say, uh, in a way. But uh, is the is the built-in uh, thesaurus in a lot of um, computers these days um, allows you to find uh, different words for the same word, which is very handy if you're uh, feeling a bit tired. And uh, and so uh, I've yes, I use analogy, um, and I've been using it since the 80s. Uh, and I, I make no apologies for that, uh, that I would say, you know, this car um, pulls like my wife in a lesbian bar or something. Um, and I would say that's more interesting than just say, oh, it's got a lot of power um, or, or whatever uh, other people uh, might try and do. 
So uh, yeah, it's painting. It's painting the picture with words. Yep, that is exactly right. It is, and that's uh, painting a picture with words is why you don't need pictures, and by extension, photographers. It's uh, a point I've made many times. Mm. Um, but the, I mean, the main reason you're 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 here today, and you know, it's, thank you so much for coming on, is to talk about your um, your new book, yes. um, which is how to be a motoring journalist. And um, how how was the writing process for you? I mean, how how did that go? Well, as a professional writer, I think it's probably a process I'm already familiar with. It was just more time consuming by dint of there being uh, more of it to do, i.e., words. Um, and um, so, did did you have to fit it around other things, or did you get an advance from the publishers? How, how did that work? Well, I, I, so. I, for many years, I have allowed some of my work to be syndicated onto a website called Sniff Petrol. Uh, not my cup of tea, personally, but uh, I gather some people find it amusing, and uh, and uh, I was I was happy for them to uh, pay me to uh, use some of my work. So uh, it was them who uh, approached me, and they said you should write a, a, a memoir of your. Uh, life and your career and I told them to sod off but then they came back to me and they said we'll pay you and uh, it sort of helped me to realise that it was actually quite a good idea and uh, I began to write down some of the notable moments uh, from my life and my career um, I should say that as part of my uh, background in proper journalism, I do keep extensive notes and, uh, well, I mean, I almost one might say a journal of, uh, and have done for, for some years. Uh, and so this allowed me to look back with uh, the clarity that was otherwise missing from uh, my uh, uh, brain. And, um, and uh, so I uh, started to realize I could tell quite a story and compile, you know, as, uh, many thoughts and reflections. And, and I, I, I mentioned this then to the people from Sniff Petrol and they said, well, perhaps it's almost like a guide for uh, someone who wants to be a motoring journalist. And this is where the title, How to Be a Motoring Journalist, I suppose, came from. I didn't agree with it. And I think it's stupid and misleading, but uh, but they were most insistent that it uh, it sounded uh, it sounded interesting. Um, again, I said, well, the contents are interesting. It doesn't need an interesting title. Um, but uh, but they they were adamant. I would like to have called it Roy Lanchester, my life so far, and used some uh, ellipsis within that. But uh, they they were not keen. So um, so yes, it was their idea to write a book. But I hasten to add that it was my idea to actually do the writing, as it were, um, because if it had been left up to them, they wouldn't have been able to do it because it's my life and. Uh, uh, one can't copyright a life, as far as I'm aware, but uh, one can turn it into some words, and they are copyrightable to a to a greater degree. So that's what I suppose, in a sense, is what happened. And um, so the book uh, was uh, was a labour of love, but uh, but uh, I I started it, uh, and I think when one is writing a longer form uh, project, if you like, such as a book, one should uh, you should well you you have to make a start somewhere. That's uh, one of my writing. Uh, 
writing tips and uh, mm-hmm. fortunately i'd just been on to uh, uh to uh drive uh, the facelifted renault again and uh i'd been given a case of rather decent quality wine which uh i, I opened a bottle one night and uh, thought well why not start my book and so i did and uh uh and uh when the uh the case was uh, finished uh the book wasn't but it was a good start and uh and uh, from those first four or five pages i was able to uh, expand it out so that it now has uh, more pages in fact and is is in all technical definitions of the word a book so was it uh was it an enjoyable experience going back through the memories going back through your journals um to to remind yourself of how far you'd come and all all the wonderful experiences you've had through through motoring. Oh, very much so. Yes, uh, of course. Uh, I haven't really spent too long in my life reflecting on the past. Um, before this, uh, I uh, I always said the past is like a foreign country. I can't go back there. I'm referring specifically to Portugal, but uh, but but I think it still applies. Uh, and so I, I, I always thought it wasn't worth reflecting too much on what had gone by. But I uh, I did find it quite a pleasurable experience to think back on some of the, the things that I had done and experienced and drunk and so on. And uh, it, it's it's always uh, it's 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 actually surprisingly. Uh, 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 pleasant to be nostalgic about some of these these things, and uh, and I, I also count my blessings that, for example, I was able to be a motoring journalist in the 1980s when things were done properly, and uh, uh, one would go on a launch for, say, the Ford Orion, and uh, uh, it would be uh, fully and properly catered for um, up to five days, and would be in uh, a very fine hotel and. You know, it was uh, it was a more civilized time because there was no um, internet or mobile telephones or uh, uh, diabetes medication that I needed to take, and so it was uh, it was just a more relaxed era, and uh, mm. and uh, people wouldn't moan if you uh, damaged a staircase or something in the uh, in the venue, and uh, I, I enjoyed thinking back to that. So of course, it also made me rather sad and then angry and then sad again because uh, because those days are gone, and I believe that the modern uh, motoring industry is perhaps a shadow of its former self in some ways, although in rude health in others. And uh, uh, of course, it also allowed me to reflect on those people we've uh, we've left behind, uh, i.e., uh, they've died, and uh, that might be actual companies such as uh, Austin Rover or whatever they became known as, and uh, also uh, some literal people uh, who were. Friends or acquaintances, or who I didn't like at all, but uh, but who nonetheless are now dead. Um, well, I think this is uh, a good time to get onto the quickfire questions um, to to round this out because I know your time is precious, and I don't want to take up more than uh, I already have. Really, no, and I'll be honest with you, I, I actually really uh, could do with a, a wee. So yes, let's get this uh, let's get this moving. No problem. Um, so, what currently excites you about the motoring world? Uh, lunch. Tomorrow. Okay. Well, Lunch tomorrow is going to be uh, have a uh, 
uh, a, a launch to go on. I won't say which because I'm always rather cautious these days of uh, these young idiots coming in and trying to steal uh, steal your place on a launch, and then suddenly you get an email saying they're fully booked, and uh, it's uh, it's all a nonsense. But uh, but it is uh, it's it's a good venue with some people who are not uh, shy of putting their hands in their pockets. So I'm certainly looking forward to that. Sounds that sounds like the best sort of launch. Um, what currently worries you about the motoring world? Lunch tomorrow uh, is a concern because uh, I just don't know if the, if the event is full of all of these uh, these these kids. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll all be sipping a mineral water and oh, can we get out and drive the car? And it's like, well, we've only been here a couple of hours. What are you playing at? And so uh, yes, it's a concern. Uh, the, the, the wider motoring world, I, I suppose. Uh, all of this uh, politically correct nonsense about electric cars and autonomous cars. And I can see a place uh, for the autonomous car if, uh, for example, you have had rather a large lunch and uh, just need to get home. It would be very convenient for the car to do that for you. But at the same time, I don't, uh, I don't uh, like the idea that uh, we're losing the human touch uh, behind the wheel all in the name of... Uh, of you know these these the PC morons in in uh, authority these days who oh we want to stop people getting run over well uh, I don't agree with that I mean uh, it's 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 just all about uh, it's all about uh, trying to trying to sanitise the world isn't it and uh, that's just ridiculous. Uh, what has been your favourite car to drive and why was that? I have talked about in my book my experience of going to the Ferrari factory in 1987 and driving uh, the 328 GTB, which was uh, the, the current uh, mid-engined model at the time. And uh, it's uh, it's a car that's always lived with me, not just because it was the first Ferrari that I drove, but also just because it was in Italy and it was a wonderful experience of... Uh, of uh, uh, food and wine and uh, a hotel and the, the, another lunch and then you know the Italians do it correctly and lunch uh, they, they always take the time to follow lunch with um, with dinner almost immediately and that's I find delicious but uh, but yes I, I saw I, I, there have been many uh, excellent cars over the years but that Ferrari uh, always uh, lives on in the memory and that trip to Italy particularly always uh, has always stayed with me even though I uh, returned back to my home to find that my wife was leaving me no it does sound a, a, a special place to go uh, to, to drive a Ferrari um, what has been your least favorite car to drive and why was that well, I mean, uh, I believe that most cars uh, one finds uh, that are actually quite uh, excellent. But uh, there's some car companies who aren't around to uh, invite me back. And uh, one of them would be Rover, of course. And I found the uh, City Rover to be uh, to be a particularly disappointing machine. Uh, of course, it wasn't a Rover at all. It was built in India. Um, and the Indians are good at some things. Uh but uh, most of them are uh, Rogan Josh, uh, Tikka Masala, Buna, uh, uh, Lam Jalfrazi, obviously. Um, and uh, I, 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 the City Rover was a little bit uh, less than excellent, I thought, uh, and of course led to the ultimate demise of the Rover Motor Company. So uh, uh, the Indians have blood on their hands there. And I, I see they're trying to make amends with Jaguar and Land Rover, but uh, but uh, it's too late for that. Um, 
And uh, I have pointed this out to the staff in my local Indian takeaway, but they're not interested. I think their their guilt is clear to see. Uh, they do do uh, cracking, uh, cracking lamp asunder, actually. Um, next question, sorry. What? Uh, what car would you like to own next? Own? Uh, I don't never really considered this uh oh no i, oh, I don't know uh a, a kia stinger i drove recently i found to be uh, a very pleasant car and i am actually a kia owner myself or was uh i was a period when i found myself between uh, press cars for rather longer than i would uh, find ideal and uh with no end in sight to uh, some issues uh personal and legal i uh i i bought a kia rio uh so uh i suppose you would consider that brand uh loyalty and uh uh so yes if kia would like to uh like to send me a stinger uh for a longer assessment then i'd be delighted to uh own it in inverted commas that does seem to be uh, getting very good press actually that car um, so what's your favourite road to drive on? I, I think you may have mentioned this earlier. Uh, yes, the A61 and uh, uh, some of those uh, surrounding roads. I'm always cautious to uh, uh, name or identify some of them because uh, of uh, 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 ongoing investigations, but also because I don't want other people who uh, might think they're car journalists uh, turning up on those uh, on those routes, you know, I think uh, uh, if I came towards myself, uh, as it were, on a challenging uh, test route, uh, there might be an accident. Um, I can guarantee it, in fact. So uh, I won't I won't label them. But of course, I'm very lucky to live in God's own uh, country in uh, North Yorkshire. And uh, there are a lot of wonderful driving roads uh, going out to uh, the coast, Scarborough, Whitby, uh, always remember to stop when you do get to the coast that's a mistake that i certainly wouldn't want to repeat no no yeah, yeah always stop at the end um so now this one probably might be a bit difficult for you because i would imagine you have uh, experienced many of these but what is the most pointless optional extra you've experienced oh the pr man uh is often a pain if they're in the passenger seats, which can happen. As uh, I'm sure you know, on a car launch, uh, one tends to uh, partner up with um, somebody uh, to share the driving, and they can uh, they can obviously then drive you back to the hotel after you've enjoyed lunch. And um, I uh, I find sometimes there's nobody on the launch that. Uh, you can find to partner with you and then the PR man or even worse woman will uh, will say oh I'll jump in with you and it's uh, most frustrating uh, usually uh, if it's unless it's one of the good guys of which there are increasingly few you find them sitting there oh I don't want to die and all of this nonsense and it's just very tiresome but uh, otherwise uh, equipment so I do find these uh, nannying things lane departure warning radar guided reversing camera radar nonsense to all be extremely uh, frustrating and pointless and i often uh, when i get into a new test car the first thing i will do is uh, summarily turn off all of these uh, pc nonsense devices and uh, 
believe that uh, I'm entirely correct to do that. I think it should be my choice alone if I want to reverse into a wall or indeed leave the road unexpectedly. Um, right, this is the penultimate question now. And that is, uh, who do you think I should talk to after speaking to you? Uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, I would say Bob Kettle of the Guildford Sentinel, but uh, he died recently. So um, I don't know. you've been doing this for a while, haven't you? And I mean, you, you probably should consider whether it's just best to call it a day. Frankly, uh, you can go on a bit too long with things, can't you? Uh, not you personally, uh, uh, although I do mean that as well. But uh, but but just generally, uh, it is always no always know when to uh, stop. Is uh, I think some advice that uh, quite a few people should heed. Uh, Bob Kettle of the Guild Sentinel being uh, being one of them. He certainly uh, you know a. He 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 he, he, f- he finished while the going was good, um, although they of course they had to take uh, take his foot off a while ago. Anyway, yes, uh, may he rest in peace. Now, uh, what are the best ways for people to follow what you do, or maybe even um, try to commission you for work and things like that? Uh, how can people get in touch? Well, uh, I can be reached, I suppose, if you're going to be uh, one of these modern uh, internet enthusiasts, then I have uh, I have become an active, uh, tw- I think it's uh, called, uh, on Twitter, the, the, the website Twitter, and uh, I am on there uh, at the moment. Uh, you could do that, or uh, through uh, the Sniff Petrol website. Uh, if you want to read my work, of course, you can read the uh, Harrogate Herald if you're in the Harrogate area or surrounding towns. It is available um, as uh, far south as uh, Leeds and York and places. Um, and uh, Or you could buy a magazine uh, that I write for. I've mentioned a few of them uh, earlier. Um, there's, uh, I will make sure that there's links in the show notes yes, for everybody who you? wants to follow those. Uh, yes, well, that's very good of you. Uh, I've just uh, just filed um, review for What Hand Luggage, uh, and uh, they uh, they always feature a very good spread on my uh, reviews. So there's plenty of ways in which people can uh, can uh, consume my uh, craft, and uh, of course my book uh, How to Be a Motoring Journalist by Roy Lanchester. It's published by Sniff Petrol and it's available uh, exclusively from uh, Amazon, who uh, I know some people object to, but uh, I have no problem with them as uh, I've experienced uh, tax irregularities myself. Uh, so uh, if uh, if you go onto the Amazon websites uh, in the UK or around the world, uh, the book is available as uh, a paperback. It's also available uh, as an electronic book, which I I think it's a waste of time myself, but uh, apparently that is what people do these days. Um, so, Well, I'll make sure again that there's links in the show notes to both the paperback and Kindle, so people can, uh, after listening to this, they can go straight on there and uh, purchase whichever version they prefer, or both even. Well, uh, uh, yes, I would say buy the paperback uh, because it's uh, it's a proper book with the printed word, uh, though I fully understand the electronic book is cheaper. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming on here, Roy, uh, and I really do appreciate your time, and thank you for um, <laughs> passing on some of your wisdom um, from the years you've, you've been out there um, on the front line uh, and reporting back on cars and the changing face of the motoring world. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, Ian. Thanks very much.
Thanks once again to Roy for coming on Rearview and chatting with me. I hope you found our conversation as fascinating as I did. If you want to suggest someone I should ask to come on this show, please do get in touch. If you use the hashtag RearviewPod, we'll be guaranteed to see it here in Motoring Podcast Towers. To get in touch with me directly, search for Crack Windscreen on Twitter. And if you like to keep up to date with motoring news, opinions and car reviews, go try out the sister show, which is the Motoring Podcast. Remember, you can support everything we do at the Motoring Podcast in a couple of ways. Please go to motoringpodcast.com forward slash support to see what they are. And I would also really appreciate it if you could tell others about this show. I want as many people as possible to hear the stories of these great guests who come on here. So until next time, that was Roy Lanchester. I've been Andrew Clues and safe motoring.